What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Section 26 of Metamorphoses. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso, Ovid. Translated by J.J. Howard. The Thirteenth Book of the Metamorphoses of Ovid. Part 2. Opposed to Phrygia, where Troy once was seen, the country stands where live Bistonia's race, where Polymnestor, wealthy monarch, ruled, to whom, O Polydore, thy cautious sire, thee sent, from Ilium's battles far removed, for safe protection. Wisdom swayed the king, save that he sent him store of treasure too, reward of wickedness, and tempting much his greedy soul. Soon as Troy's fortune sank, impious the Thracian monarch plunged his sword in his young charger's throat, as if his crime and body from his sight at once twere given to move, he flung him in the dashing main. Now on the Thracian coast Atrides moored his fleet, till placid were the waves again, and favouring more the winds. Achilles here, out from the earth, by sudden rupture rent, appeared in semblance of his living form. Threatening his brow appeared, as when so fierce he Agamemnon with rebellious sword sought to assail. Depart ye then, O Greeks, he cried, of me unmindful, is the fame of all my valiant acts with me interred? Treat me not thus, that honours due my tomb may want not, that Polyxena be given in sacrifice to soothe Achilles' ghost. He said, his fellows with the ruthless shade complying, from the mother's bosom tore her whom she sole had left to cherish. Brave than female more, the hapless maid was led to the dire tomb in sacrificial pomp. She of her state still mindful when before the cruel altar brought, when all prepared the savage-urged oblation of herself she saw, and Neoptolemus beheld there stand, the steel there grasping, on his face her eyes firm fixing spoke. My noble blood this instant spill, delay not, plunge thy blade or in my throat or bosom. And her throat and bosom as she spoke she bared, for ne'er Polyxena a slavish life had borne. Yet grateful is this victim to no god. My only wish that from my mother dear may be my death concealed, my mother clogs my final passage, damps the joys of death. Yet should she wail my death not, but my life. But distant stand ye all, that to the shades inviolate I sink. If what I ask be just, let every hand of man avoid a virgin's touch. Where your steel prepares to move propitiatory with my blood, a victim quite untainted best must please. And should the final accents that I speak, King Priam's daughter, not a captive sues, my course unransomed to my mother give. Let her not buy the sad sepulchral rites with gold, but tears. Yet time has been with gold I might have been redeemed. The princess ceased, and save her own no cheek unwet was seen. And even the priest reluctant and in tears oped by a sudden plunge the offered breast. She, to earth sinking, neath her tottering limbs, wore to the last a face unmoved. Even then her final care was in her fall to veil limbs that a veil demanded as she sank and decent pride of modesty preserve. The Trojan dames receive her, and recount the woes of Priam's house, the streams of blood that single stock has spent. Thee too, O maid, they weep, and thee, a royal spouse so late, and royal parents styled, 
pride of the realm of glorious asia now a mournful lot amid the spoil whom ithacus would scorn to own great hector hadst thou not brought forth the name of hector scarce a master finds to claim his mother she the lifeless trunk embracing which had held a soul so brave tears poured tears often had she poured before for country husband children now for her those tears gushed in the wound lips pressed to lips and beat that breast which oft with grievous blows was punished sweeping mid the clotted blood her silvered tresses all these plaints and more she uttered as she still her bosom rent my child thy mother's last afflicting grief for who is spared me lo my child thou liest and in thy wound i all my wounds behold yes lest a single remnant of my race unslaughtered should expire thou too must bleed a female thee safe from the sword i thought a female thee the sword has stretched in death the same achilles ruiner of troy bereaver of my offspring all destroyed yes all thy brethren he now murders thee yet when by paris's and apollo's darts he fell now surely said i now no more pelides need be dreaded yet even now dreadful to me he proves in earned rage his ashes gainst our hapless race we feel even in his grave the anger of this foe i fruitful only for pelides proved low lies proud ilium and the public woe the heavy ruin ends if ended yet for troy to me still stands my sufferings still roll endless on i late in power so high great in my children and my husband great am now dragged forth in poverty exiled from all my children's tombs a gift to please penelope who while my daily task she gives to ithaca's proud dames will taunt and cry of hector the famed mother see lo priam's spouse and thou whose soul wast spared to soothe maternal pangs so many lost now bleedst atonement to an hostile shade and funeral victims has my womb produced to appease a foe why holds this stubborn heart why still delay i what to me avails this loathed this long protracted life why spin o cruel deities the lengthened thread of an old wretch save that she yet may see more deaths who e'er could priam happy deem ilium o'erthrown yet happy was his death thy sacrifice my daughter not to see at once of life and realm bereft yet sure o royal maid funereal rites await thy last remains thy course will be inhumed in ancestorial sepulchres ah no such fortune smiles not on our house the tears a mother can bestow are all thy gifts sprinkled with foreign dust all have i lost of the whole stock i could as parent boast to tempt me now still longer to sustain this life my polydor alone is left once least of all my manly sons erst given to thracia's monarch's care upon these shores but why delay to cleanse that ghastly wound with water and that face with spouting blood besmeared she ceased and bent her tottering steps with torn and scattered locks down to the shore and as the hapless wretch o trojans cried an urn supply to draw the liquid waves the course of polydor flung on the beach she saw pierced deep with wounds of thracian steel loud shrieked the trojan matrons she by grief dumb-stricken stood affliction keen suppressed her rising moans and ready springing tears stupid and like a rigid stone she stood now on the earth her eyes are fixed and now to heaven her furious countenance she lifts now dwells she on his face now on the wounds her son received and on the wounds the most and now her bosom with collected rage furiously burning all on vengeance fierce her soul is bent as still in power a queen as storms a lioness robbed of her cub the track pursuing of her flying foe whom yet she sees not 
rage and grief were mixed just so in hecuba of her old years regardless mindful of her ire alone she polymnesta seeks of the dire deed the perpetrator and his ear demands that more of gold intended for her boy her wish was to disclose the thracian king heard credulous lured by his wonted love of gain with her withdrew and wily thus with coaxing words quick hecuba exclaimed give for thy son the treasure by the gods i swear all shall be his what more thou givest and what thou gavest before him speaking so and falsely swearing savagely she viewed and her fierce bosom swelled with double rage then instant on him by the captive dames fast held she flies in his perfidious face digs deep her fingers rage all strength supplied tear from their orbs his eyes buried her hands streaming with blood where once the eyes had been widening the wounds for eyes no more remained fired at their monarch's fate the thracian crowd with stones and darts to attack the queen began the queen with harsher voice as they pursue bites at the sailing stones and trying words barkings her jaws produce the place remains named from the change she of her ancient woes long mindful grieving still Sithonius fields with howlings filled her fate with pity moved her fellow trojans and the hostile greeks nay all the gods above and all deny even she the sister wife of mighty jove that hecuba so harsh a lot deserved nor leisure now aurora had to mourn though strong their cause she favoured the sad fall and mournful fate of hecuba and troy a nearer case a more domestic woe the loss of memnon wrung the goddess's breast whom on the phrygian plains the mother saw beneath the weapon of achilles sink she saw that colour which the blushing morn displays grew pale and heaven with clouds was hid still could the parent not support the sight placed on the funeral pyre his limbs but straight with locks dishevelled not disdained to sue prostrate before the knees of mighty jove these words her tears assisting meanest i of those the golden heaven supports to me the fewest temples through earth's space are raised yet still a goddess sues not to demand temples nor festal days nor altars warmed with blazing fires yet if you but behold what i a female for you all achieve bounding night's confines with new springing light such boons you might consider but my due but these are not my care aurora's mind not now in honour's merited demands i come my memnon lost who bravely fought but vainly in his uncle priam's cause and in his prime of youth so willed your fates fell by the stout achilles lord supreme of all the deities grant i beseech to him some honour solace of his death allay the smarting of a mother's wounds jove nodded round the lofty funeral pile of memnon rose the spiring flames black clouds of smoke the day obscured so streams exhale the rising mists which phoebus's rays conceal mount the black ashes and conglobed in one they thicken in a body and a shape that body takes and heat and light receives from the bright flames its lightness gave it wings much like a bird at first and soon indeed a bird its pinions sounded and a crowd of sister birds their pinions sounded too their origin the same thrice they surround the pile and thrice with noisy clang the air resounds the fourth time all the troop divide then two and two they furious wage the war on either side fierce with their crooked claws and beaks they pounce their adversary's breast and tire his wings each kindred body falls an offering to the ashes of the dead and prove their offspring from a valiant man these birds of sudden origin receive their name memnonides from him whose limbs produced them oft a soul through all his signs has run the battle they renew again 
to perish at their parent warrior's tomb thus while all others dimas's daughter weep in howling shape aurora still on griefs her own sad brooding her maternal tears sprinkles in dew o'er all the extent of earth yet fate doomed not with ilium's towers the fall of ilium's hopes the cytherian prince bore off his gods and on his shoulders bore a no less sacred venerable load his sire of all his riches these preferred the pious hero with his youthful son ascanius from antandros o'er the main borne in the flying fleet leaves far the shore of savage thrace still moistened with the blood of polydor and enters phoebus's port aided by currents and by gentle gales with all his social crew aeneas receives the exile in his temple in his dome where o'er the land he monarch ruled and where as phoebus's priest he tended due his rights the city and the votive temples showed and showed two trees once by latona grasped in bearing throes the incense in the flames distributed wine o'er the incense throne the entrails of the offered bulls consumed as wont the regal roof approach they all and high on tapestry reclined partake of ceres's gift and bacchus's flowing boon then good anchises thus o chosen priest of phoebus was i then deceived methought as far as memory aids me to recall when first mine eyes these lofty walls beheld that twice two daughters and a son were thine old aeneas shook his head begirt around with snowy fillets as in grief he said no mighty hero not deceived art thou me hast thou seen of five the parent now thou well-nigh childless seest me such to man the varying change of sublunary things for ah what can an absent son bestow to aid me who in andros's isle now dwells where for his sire the realm and state he holds delius on him prophetic art bestowed and bacchus to my female offspring gave a boon beyond all credit and their hopes for all whate'er which felt my daughter's touch to corn and wine and olives was transformed a mighty treasure in themselves they held but agamemnon troy's destroyer learned this gift think not but that your overthrow in some respect we shared by ruthless force tore them unwilling from their parents arms and stern commanded that the heavenly gift should feed the grecian fleet each as she can escapes eubea too attain and too fraternal andros seek the troops pursue and threaten warfare if withheld the maids fraternal love was vanquished in his breast by fear that thou this terror mayst excuse reflect aeneas was not there nor there was hector andros to defend whose arms to the tenth year made ilium stand and now chains were prepared their captive arms to bind while yet unchained those arms to heaven they raised o father bacchus crying grant thy aid and aid the author of the gift bestowed if them to lose by an unheard-of mode be aid bestowing then could i not know nor now relate the order of the change which lost their shapes the summit of my grief i know with plumage were they clothed transformed to snowy doves thy spouse's favoured bird with these and tales like these the feast was closed the board removed all sought repose with day arising all apollo's shrine attend who bids that they their ancient mother seek and kindred shores the king attends them gives his presence as they go and Cassis holds a sceptre while a quiver and a robe ascanius boasts aeneas holds a cup erst from boeotia's shores to aeneas sent by theban thyrses thyrses sent the gift sicilian alcon formed it and engraved a copious tale around 
the town was there and seven wide gates appeared for name were these what town it was displaying all without its walls were funeral trains and tombs beheld and fires and piles and matrons whose bare breasts and locks dishevelled showed their mournful woe weeping the nymphs appeared and seemed to wail their arid streams the leafless trees were hard the goats were browsing on the naked rocks and lo amid the theban town was seen orion's daughters this her naked throat offering with more than female courage that on the sharp weapon's point forth leaning died to save the people round the town are borne their pompous funerals they in splendour burn then lest the race should perish spring two youths from out their virgin ashes which by fame are called coronae and the pomp attend when their maternal ashes are interred thus far the images on ancient brass were graven the bordering summit of the cup in gold acanthus rough appeared nor gave the trojans gifts less worthy than they took to hold his incense they a vase present the royal priest a goblet and a crown shining with gold and bright with sparkling gems thence mindful that the trojan race first sprung from teusa's blood toward crete their course they bend but long jove's native clime they could not bear the hundred city dial now left behind ausonia's port they hope to gain rough swell the wintry storms and toss them on the main and in the port of faithless strophides received the winged aello scares them far now had they sailed beyond dulichium's bay samos and ithaca neritus's soil the realms ulysses so perfidious swayed and saw ambracia for the strife of gods renowned and stone to which the judge was changed now as apollo's actium far more famed and saw dodona's land with vocal groves and deep caonia's bay where vain-urged flames molossus's sons on new-sprung pinions scaped phaeacia's neighbouring country planted thick with grateful apples now they reach from thence epirus and buthrotus by the seer of ilium governed image true of troy thence of the future certain full of faith in all that helenus of fate them told cecilia's isle they enter which extends midst of the waves its promontories three pachymos toward the showery south is placed and zephyr soft on lilybeum blows but gainst the arctic bear that shuns the sea and boreas's rugged storms pelorus looks by this the trojans steer urged by their oars and favouring tide by night on xancles beach the fleet is moored here scylla on the right charybdis restless on the left alarms this sucks the destined ships beneath the waves and whirls them up again fierce dogs surround the other's sable belly while she bears a virgin's face and if what poets tell be feigned not all she had a virgin been her many wooers sought these all repulsed she joined the ocean nymphs by ocean's nymphs much favoured was the maid and told the loves of all the baffled youths her while she gave her locks to comb thus galatea fair bespoke but first suppressed a rising sigh tis true o maid a gentle race thee seeks whom safely as thou dost thou mayst deny but i whose sire is nereus who was born of blue-haired doris who am potent too in crowds of sisters refuge only found from the fierce cyclops love in my own waves tears choked her utterance here which when the maid had wiped with marble fingers and had soothed the goddess dearest galatea speak nor from thy friend this cause of grief conceal faithful am i to thee the goddess yields and to crataeus's daughter thus replies 
from faunus and the nymph cymethus sprung asus his sire's delight his mother's pride but far to me more dear for me the youth and me alone loved warmly twice eight years had o'er him passed when on his tender cheek a doubtful down appeared him i desired as ceaseless as the cyclops sought for me nor should you ask if in my bosom dwelt for him most hate or most for asus love could i inform you equal both in force o gentle venus with what mighty power thou swayest lo he the merciless the dread of his own woods whom hapless guest ne'er saw with safety spurner of the power of jove and all the host of heaven what love is feels seized with desire of me he flames forgets his flocks and caverns all thy anxious care thy beauty polyphemus to improve and all thy anxious care is now to please and now with rakes thou combst thy rugged hair now with a scythe thou most thy bushy beard thy features to behold in the clear brook and calm their fire employs thee all his love of slaughter all his fierceness all his thirst cruel of blood him leaves and on the coast ships safely moor and safe again depart meantime at etna telemus arrived of eurymus the son whom never bird deceived he to dread polyphemus came and spoke thee of the single light thou bearest mid front ulysses will deprive loud laughed the monster saying stupidest of seers how much thou erst already is it gone so spurns the truth the prophet told in vain then moving on along the shore he sinks the sand with heavy steps or tired returns to his dark caves far stretching in the main a wedge-like promontory rears its ridge aloft on either side the surging waves foam on it to its loftiest height ascends the cyclops fierce his station in the midst assumes his woolly flocks his steps pursue unshepherded he when the pine immense which served him for a staff though fit to serve for salyard low beneath his feet had thrown and grasped the pipe an hundred pacted reeds composed the pastoral whistling all around the hills confessed and all the waters nigh i hid beneath a rock my head reclined on my dear Asus's bosom heard these words and still the words are noted in my breast o galatea brighter than the leaves of snow-white lilies fresher than the meads more lofty far than towering alder trees than crystal clearer than the wanton kid more gay than shells by ocean's constant waves smooth polished smoother dearer than the shade in summer's heat than winter's sun more dear more than the apple bright and fairer far than lofty plane trees clearer than the frost more beauteous than the ripened grape more soft than the swan's plumage or the new-pressed milk and but thou fliest more than the garden fine with watered streamlets yet the same art thou wild galatea than the untamed steer more fierce more stubborn than the ancient oak than water more deceitful slippery more than bending willows or the greenest vines more stubborn than these rocks than seas more rough than the praised peacock prouder sharper far than fire and piercing more than thistles keen more savage than a nursing bear more deaf than raging billows than the trodden snake more pitiless and what i more than all would wish thou wast not fleeter than the deer chased by shrill hunters fleeter than winged air or winds if well thou knewst me much thou'dst grieve that ere thou fledst thou'dst blame thy dull delay and sue and labour to retain my love caverns i have scooped in the living rock beneath the mountain's side where never sun in midday heat nor winter's cold can come my apples bend the branches grapes are mine on the long vine trees clustering some like gold some of a purple taint and these and those will i preserve for thee 
thy own fair hands shall gather strawberries soft beneath the shade autumnal cornels and the purple plum dark with its juice and that still nobler kind like new-made wax in hue nor shalt thou lack the chestnut nor the red arbutus's fruit be but my spouse all trees shall thee supply mine are these flocks and thousands more besides which roam the valleys thousands like the woods and thousands shelter in the shady caves nor could i shouldst thou ask their numbers tell poor he who counts his store believe not me when these i praise before thine eyes behold how scarce their legs the swelling udder bear mine are the tender lambs in the warm folds secure and mine are kids of equal age in folds apart the whitest milk have i but still for drink shall serve and thickened part shall harden into cheese nor wilt thou find but cheap delights and common vulgar gifts for deer and hares and goats thou shalt possess pigeons in pairs and nests from mountains gained upon the hills a shaggy bear's twin cubs i found so like no difference could be seen with thee to play i found them these i said these will i force my mistress to obey o galatea raise thy lovely head above the azure deep come only come nor scorn my gifts right well myself i know i viewed me lately in the liquid stream and much my image satisfied my view behold how vast my bulk jove in his heaven for of some jove ye oft are wont to tell who rules there towers not in a mightier size thick bushy locks o'er my stern forehead hang and like a forest down my shoulders spread nor deem my body with hard bristles rough unseemly most unsightly is the tree without a leaf unsightly is the steed save on his neck the flowing mane is spread plumes clothe the feathered race and their own wool becomes the sheep so beards become mankind and bushy bristles or their limbs bespread true in my forehead but one light is placed but huge that light and like a mighty shield in size yet does not soul from heaven's high round all view and soul possesses lights no more remember too my father o'er your realm rules sovereign i in him a sire-in-law would give thee only pity me i pray and hear my suppliant vows to thee alone i bend and while i scorn your mighty jove his heaven and piercing thunder thee o nymph i fear than fiercest lightnings dreading more thy anger far more patient should i rest with this contempt all didst thou thus contemn but how the cyclops first repulsed dest thou this asus love this asus dare prefer to my embraces yet may he himself delight nay let him galatea please if so it must be though what most i'd spurn let but the scope be given soon should he prove my strength is equal to my mighty bulk living his entrails would i tear and spread his mangled members o'er the fields and o'er thy waters let him mingle with thee so for oh i burn more fierce my injured love now rages in my breast i seem to bear all etna and its fires but all my pains can naught o galatea the effect thus with vain plainings for the whole i saw he rises raging like a furious bull robbed of his heifer paces restless round and bounds along the forests and the coasts when me and asus heedless of such fate and unsuspecting he beheld and roared i see but the period of your love will i accomplish loud his threats were heard as all the cyclops power of voice could raise all etna trembled at the sound in fright i plunged for safety in the neighbouring waves while fair cymethus's son for flight prepared and help me galatea he exclaimed help me oh help and ye my parents aid and perishing receive me in your realm close at his heels the cyclops comes and hurls a mighty fragment from a mountain rent 
the corner only of the mighty rock him reached that corner aces all o'erwhelmed but i what fate alone would grant performed that aces still his ancestorial race should join his purple gore flowed from the rock and soon the redness paled it seemed a stream disturbed by drenching showers and soon this stream was cleared to limpid purity the rock gaped wide and living reeds sprung up erect on either brink loud roars the pressing flood in the rock's hollow womb and wondrous sight a youth his new-formed horns with reeds begirt sudden appeared mid-waist above the waves who but in stature larger and his skin of azure taint might asus well be deemed asus indeed it was asus transformed to a clear stream which still his name retains here galatea ceased the listening choir dividing all depart the nereid train swim o'er the placid waves scylla returns fearful to venture mid the boundless main and vestless roams along the soaking sand or wearied finding some sequestered pool cools in the sheltered waters her fair limbs lo glaucus lately of the mighty deep an inhabitant received his shape transformed upon boeotia's shores cleaves through the waves and feels desire as he the nymph beholds all he can urge to stay her flight he tries yet still she flies him swifter from her fear she gains a mountain's summit which the shore o'erhung high to the main the lofty ridge an undivided shrubless top presents down shelving to the sea in safety here she stood and dubious monster he or god admired his colour and the locks which spread adown his shoulders and his back below and that a wreathing fish's form should end his figure from his groin he saw her gaze and on a neighbouring rock his elbow leaned and thus he spoke no monstrous thing am i fair virgin nor a savage of the sea a watery god i am nor on the main has proteus triton or palaemon son of athamas more power yet time has been when i was mortal yet even then attached to the deep water on the ocean i still joyed to labour now the following shoal of fishes in my net i dragged and now placed on a rock i with my flexile rod guided the line bordering a verdant mead a bank there lies the waves its circuit bound in part in part the virid grass surrounds a mead which ne'er the horned herd had cropped where ne'er the placid flock nor hairy goats had browsed nor bees industrious culled the flowers for sweets no genial chaplets there were plucked to grace the head nor had the mower's arm e'er spoiled the crop the first of mortals i on the turf rested as my nets i dried and as my captured scaly prey to count upon the grass i spread whatever the net escape prevented and the hook had snared through their own folly like a fiction sounds the fact but what avails to me to feign soon as the grass they touch my captive prey begin to move and on their sides to turn and ply their fins on earth as in the main then while with wonder struck i pause all fly the shore in heaps and their new master quit their native waves regaining i surprised long doubtful stand to guess the wondrous cause whether some god or but the grass's juice accomplished this what herb at last i said can power like this possess and with my hand plucked up and with my teeth the herbage chewed scarce had my throat untasted juice first tried when all my entrails sudden trembling shook and with the love of something yet unknown my breast was moved nor could i longer keep my place o earth where i shall ne'er return farewell i cried and plunged below the waves worthy the ocean deities me deemed to join their social troop and anxious prayed to tethys and old ocean tethys's spouse to purge whate'er of mortal i retained by them lustrated 
and the potent song nine times repeated earthly taints to cleanse they bade me neath an hundred gushing streams to place my bosom no delay i seek the floods from numerous fountains poured the main o'erwhelmed my head thus far what deeds were done my memory helps me to relate thus far alone can i remember all the rest dark to my memory seems my sense restored i found my body changed in every part nor was my mind the same then first i saw this beard of dingy green and these long locks which through the seas i sweep these shoulders huge those azure arms and thighs in fish-like form furnished with fins but what avails this shape what that by all the deities marine i dear am held the deity myself if all these honours cannot touch thy breast these words he spoke and more to speak prepared when scylla left the god repulsed he grieved and sought titanian circe's monstrous court end of section twenty six section twenty seven of metamorphoses this librivox recording is in the public domain metamorphoses by publius ovidius naso ovid translated by j j howard the fourteenth book of the metamorphoses of ovid part one now had you been glaucus who could cleave the surging sea left etna or the breasts of giants thrown and left the cyclops fields unconscious of the ploughs or harrows use and unindebted to the oxen yoked zanclay he left and its opposing shore where regium's turrets tower and the straight sea for shipwreck famed which by encroaching shores pressed narrow forms the separating bound betwixt ausonia's and cecilia's land thence glides he swift along the tyrene coast by powerful arms impelled and gains the dome and herbaged hills of circe phoebus sprung the dome with forms of wildest beasts full crammed whom soon as greeting salutations passed he thus addressed o powerful goddess grant thy pity to a god and thou alone if worth that aid thou deemst me canst afford aid to my love for o titanian maid to none the power of plants is better known than me who by the power of plants was changed but lest the object of my law to thee unknown be hid i scylla late beheld upon the italian shore messenia's walls opposing shame me hinders to relate what promises what prayers what coaxing words i used my words all heard with proud contempt do thou with magic lips thy charms repeat if power in charms abides or if in herbs more force is found then use the well-tried strength of herbs of power i wish thee not to soothe my heart i wish thee not these wounds to cure still may they last let her such flames but feel then circe spoke and she a mind possessed most apt to flame with love or in her frame the stimulus was placed or venus irked at what her sire discovered caused the heat or better far the willing nymph pursue who would in wishes meet thee who is seized with equal love well worthy of the maid thou wast nay shouldst have been the first besought and if but hope thou wilt afford believe my words thou shalt spontaneously be loved fear not but on thy beauteous form depend lo i a goddess of the splendid son a daughter who with powerful spells so much and herbs can do to be thy consort sue spurn her who spurns thee her who thee desires desiring meet and both at once avenge but to her tempting speeches glaucus thus replied the trees shall sooner in the waves spring up and seaweed on the mountain's top than i while scylla lives my love transfer the goddess swollen with anger since his form to harm was given her not and love denied 
turned on her happy arrival all her rage irked at her slighted passion straight she grinds herbs infamous to gain their horrid juice and mixes all with hecatean spells then clothes her in a sable robe and forth through crowds of fawning savage beasts she goes from her gay palace regium's coast she seeks overlooking zancle's rocks and on the waves with fury boiling steps o'er them she walks as on a solid shore and skims along the ridgy billows with unwetted feet a little pool bent in a gentle curve with peaceful surface oft did still attempt and often thither she herself betook to scape from oceans and from phoebus's heat when high in noontide fierceness short the shade was from the head described before she came the goddess poisoned all the pool she poured her potent juice of monster breeding power pressed from pernicious roots within the waves and muttered thrice nine times with magic lips in sounds scarce audible her well-known spells here scylla came and waded to the waist and straight with barking monsters she espies her womb deformed at first of her own limbs not dreaming there apart she from them flies and chides them thence and fears their savage mouths but what she flies she with her drags she looks to find her thighs and find her legs and feet but for those limbs cerberian jaws are found furious the dogs still howl on their fierce backs her shortened groin and swelling belly rest the amorous glaucus grieved and spurned the love of circe who so rancorously had used the power of plants her station scylla kept and soon as scope for vengeance she perceived in hate to circe of his comrade crew deprived ulysses next the trojan fleet had she o'erwhelmed but ere they passed transformed to stone she towered aloft a flinty rock and still do mariners that rock avoid the phrygian ships that danger scaped and scaped charybdis fell by oars propelled but now ausonia's shore well nigh attained were driven by adverse tempests to the libyan coast aeneas then the queen sidonian took most welcome to her bosom and her dome nor bore her phrygian spouse's sudden flight with calm indifference on a lofty pile reared for pretended sacred rites she stood and on the sword's point fell herself deceived she all around outwitted flying far the new-raised city of the sandy plains to eryx's country was he born where lived acestes faithful here he sacrificed and gave due honours to his father's tomb then loosed his ships for sea well nigh in flames by juno's iris all the aeolian realm the islands blazing with sulphuric fire and rocks of achelous's siren nymphs he left the vessel now of him who ruled the helm bereft along in area's shore and procytas and pithecusa placed upon a sterile hill its name derived from those who dwelt there coasted erst the sire of gods detesting perjuries and fraud which that deceitful race so much employed changed to an animal deformed their shapes where still a likeness and unlikeness seems to man their every limb contracted small their turned-up noses flattened from the brow and ancient furrows ploughed adown their cheeks then sent them all their bodies covered o'er with yellow hairs this district to possess yet sent them not till of the power of speech deprived and tongue for direst falsehoods used but left their chattering jaws the power to plain these passed and left parthenope's high towers to right and musical Messenus's tomb and cuma's shores to left spots covered thick with marshy reeds he enters in the cave where dwelt the ancient sibyl and entreats that through avernus's darkness he may pass his father's shade to seek then she her eyes long firmly fixed on earth upraised and next filled with the god in furious raving spoke 
much dost thou ask o man of mighty deeds whose valour by the sword is amply proved and piety through flames yet trojan chief fear not thou shalt what thou desirest attain by me conducted thou the elysian field the lowest portion of the triform realm and thy beloved parents shade shalt see no path to genuine virtue e'er is closed she spoke and pointed to the vernian grove sacred to proserpine and showed a bough with gold refulgent this she bade him tear from off its trunk aeneas her obeys and sees the treasures of hell's awful king his ancestors and great anchises shades is taught the laws and customs of the dead and what deep perils he in future wars must face as then the backward path he trod with wearied step the labour he beguiled by grateful speech with his cumaean guide and while through darkling twilight he pursued his fearful way he thus o goddess thou or of the gods high favoured unto me still shalt thou as a deity appear my life i own thy gift who hast me given to view the realms of death who hast me brought the realms of death beheld to life again for these high favours when to air restored statues to thee i'll raise and incense burn backward the prophetess to him her eyes directs and heaves a sigh as thus she speaks no goddess i deem not my mortal frame the sacred incense's honours can deserve err uh, not through ignorance eternal youth had i possessed if on apollo's love my virgin purity had been bestowed this while he hoped and while he strove to tempt with gifts o oh, choose he said cumean maid whate'er thou wouldst whate'er thou wouldst is thine i pointing to an heap of gathered dust with thoughtless mind besought so many years i might exist as grains of sand were there mindless to ask for years of constant youth the years he granted and had granted to eternal youth had i his passion quenched a virgin i remain apollo's gift despised but now the age of joy is fled decrepitude with trembling steps has come which long i must endure seven ages now i have existed ere the numbered grains are equalled thrice an hundred harvests i and thrice an hundred vintages must see the time will come my body shrunk with age and withered limbs shall to small substance waste or shall it seem that ere an amorous god with me was smitten phoebus then himself or me will know not or deny that ere he sought my love till quite complete my change to all invisible by words alone i shall be known fate still my voice will leave on the steep journey thus the sibyl spoke and from the stygian shades aeneas rose at cumus town there sacrificed as wont and to the shores proceeded which as yet his nurse's name not bore he arrested too after long toil macarius the constant friend of wise ulysses achaemenides erst left amid etnian rocks he knows astonished there his former friend to find in life unhoped he cried what chance what god o achaemenides hast thee preserved how does a greek a foreign vessel bear and to what shores is now this vessel bound then achaemenides not ragged now in robes with thorns united but all free thus answered his inquiries may i view once more that polyphemus and those jaws with human gore o'erflowing if i deem this ship to me than ithaca less dear and less aeneas than my sire esteem for how too grateful can i be to him though all to him i give can i e'er be unthankful or forgetful that i speak and breathe and view the heavens and glorious sun he gave that in the cyclops jaws my life was closed not that when now the vital spark me quits i may be properly entombed not in the monster's entrails heavens what thoughts possessed my mind unless by pallid dread of sense and thought bereft when left behind i saw you push to sea loud had i called but feared my cries would guide to me the foe 
ulysses's clamour near your ship destroyed i saw the monster when a mighty rock torn from a mountain's summit in the waves he flung i saw him when with giant arm huge stones he hurled with such impetuous force as though an engine sent them feared i long lest all the stones or waves the bark would sink forgetful then that not on board was i but when you scaped from cruel death by flight then did he madly rave indeed and roamed all etna o'er and groped amid the woods deprived of sight he stumbles on the rocks and stretching to the sea his horrid arms blackened with gore he execrates the greeks and thus exclaims oh would some lucky chance restore ulysses to me or restore one of his comrades who might glut my rage whose entrails i might gorge whose living limbs my hand might rend whose blood might sluice my throat and mangled members tremble in my teeth or oh, then how light and next to none the curse of sight bereft raging he this and more fierce uttered i with pallid dread o'ercome beheld his face still flowing down with blood the orb of light deprived his ruthless hands his giant members and his shaggy beard clotted with human gore death to my eyes was obvious yet was death my smallest dread now seized i thought me thought him now prepared to enclose my mangled bowels in his own and to my mind recurred the time i saw two of my comrades bodies furious dashed repeated on the earth he o'er them stretched prone like a shaggy lion in his maw their flesh their entrails their yet quivering limbs their marrow and crunched bones greedy engulfed horror me seized bloodless and sad i stood to see him champ and from his mouth disgorge the bloody banquet morsels mixed with wine forth vomiting and such a fate appeared for wretched me prepared some tedious days skulked i and shuddered at the smallest sound fearful of death yet praying much to die repelling hunger by green herbs and leaves with acorns mixed a solitary wretch poor and to sufferings and to death decreed long was the time ere i not distant far a ship beheld i by my gestures showed my wish for flight and hastened to the shore their hearts were moved and thus a trojan bark received a greek and now my friend most dear tell thy adventures and the chiefs and crews who with thee launched upon the extended main he tells how aeolus his kingdom holds on the deep tuscan main who curbs the winds in caverned prisons which a noble boon close pent within an ox's stubborn hide ulichium's chief from aeolus received how for nine days with prosperous breeze they sailed and saw the long-sought land how on the tenth aurora rising bright his comrades urged by envy and by thirst of glittering spoil gold deeming there enclosed the winds unloosed how driven by them the ship was backward sped through the same waves she had so lately ploughed and reached the port of aeolus again thence he continued to the ancient town of lestragonian lamus we arrive where rules antiphates to him dispatched i go by two attended i with one scarce find in flight our safety with his gore the hapless third the lestragonians jaws besmears our flying footsteps they pursue while fierce antiphates speeds on the crowd around they press and unremitting hurl huge rocks and trunks of trees our men o'erwhelm and sink our fleet one ship alone escapes which great ulysses and myself contains most of our band thus lost and angry much lamenting more we floated to these isles which hence though distant far you may descry those isles by me too near beheld do thou at distance only view o goddess born most righteous of all troy for now no more aeneas must thou enemy be styled to us war ended fly i warn thee fly the shore of circe we our vessel moored fast to that beach not mindless of the deeds antiphates performed 
nor cyclops wretch inhuman now to tempt this unknown land refuse the choice by lot is fixed the lot me sends and with me sends polites true eurylochus and poor elphenor fond too much of wine with twice nine comrades more to seek the dome circean thither come we at the entrance stand a thousand wolves and bears and lionesses with wolves mixed meet us and terror in our bosoms strike but ground for terror none of all the crew none try our limbs to wound but friendly wave their arching tails and fawningly attend our steps till by the menial train received through marbled halls to where their mistress sat our troop is led she in a bright recess upon a lofty throne of state was placed clothed in a splendid robe a golden veil around her head and o'er her shoulders thrown nereids and nymphs around whose fingers quick the wool ne'er drew nor formed the following thread were plants arranging and selecting flowers and various tainted herbs confusedly mixed in baskets she completes the work they do and well she knows the latent power each leaf possesses well their force combined she knows and all the nice weighed herbs inspects with care when us she spied and salutations passed mutual her forehead brightened and she gave our every wish nor waited more but bade the beverage of the roasted grain be mixed and added honey all the strength of wine and curdy milk and juices which beneath such powerful sweetness undetected lay the cup from her accursed hand i take and soon as thirsty i with parched mouth drink and the dire goddess with her wand had stroked my head i blush while i the rest relate roughened with bristles i begin to grow nor now can speak hoarse grunting comes for words and all my face bends downwards to the ground callous i feel my mouth become in form a crooked snout and feel my brawny neck swell o'er my chest and what but now the cup had grasped that part does marks of feet imprint with all my fellows treated thus so great the medicine's potency close was i shut within a sty there i eurylochus alone unaltered to a hog beheld he only had the offered cup refused which had he not avoided he as one the bristly herd had joined nor had our chief the great ulysses by his tale informed to circe come avenger of our woe to him selenius messenger of peace a milk-white flower presented by the gods called molly from a sable root it springs safe in the gift and in the advice of heaven he enters circe's dome and her repels coaxing to taste the invidious cup his head to stroke attempting with her potent wand and also trembling with his unsheathed steel then faith exchanged hands joined he to her bed received he makes the dowry of himself that all his comrades bodies be restored now will we sprinkled with innocuous juice of better herbs with the inverted wand our heads are touched the charms already spoke strong charms of import opposite destroy the more she sings her incantations we rise more from earth erect the bristles fall and the wide fissure leaves our cloven feet our shoulders form again and arms beneath are shaped him weeping too weeping we clasp and round our leader's neck embracing hang no words at first to utter have we power but such as testify our grateful joy a year's delay there kept us there mine eyes in that long period much beheld mine ears much heard this with the rest in private told to me by one of four most favoured nymphs who aided in her spells while circe toyed in private with our leader she me showed a youthful statue carved in whitest stone bearing a feathered pecker upon his head placed in a sacred shrine with numerous wreaths encircled unto my inquiring words 
and wished to know who this could be and why there worshipped in the shrine and why that bird he bore then macareus she said receive thy wish and also learn what mighty power my mistress boasts attentive hear my words saturnian picus in ausonia's climes was king delighted still was he to train steeds for the fight the beauty you behold as man was his so strong the semblance strikes his real form in the feigned stone appears his mind his beauty equalled nor as yet the games quinquennial grecian ellis gives four times could he have seen he by his face the dryad nymphs who on the latian hills were born attracted naiads river nymphs him sought whom albula and anio bear almo's short course the rapid stream of Nar, and numicus and farfar's lovely shades with all that scythian dian's woody realm traverse and all who haunt the sedgy lakes but he all these despised loved one fair nymph whom erst venilia fame reports brought forth to janus on palaturia's mount when reached the nuptial age preferred before the rest laurentian picus gained the lovely maid wondrous was she for beauty wondrous more her art in song and hence was canaan's named wont was her voice forests and rocks to move soothe savage beasts arrest the course of streams and stay the flying birds while warbling thus with voice mature her song picus went forth to pierce amid laurentium's fields the boars their native dwelling on a fiery steed he rode two quivering spears his left hand bore his purple vestment golden clasps confined in the same woods apollo's daughter came and from the fertile hills as herbs she culled she left the fields from her circean named when veiled by twigs herself the youth she saw amazed she stood down from her bosom dropped the gathered plants and quickly through her frame the fire was felt to shoot soon as her mind collected strength to curb the furious flame she would have told him instant what she wished but his impetuous steed and circling crowd of followers kept her far yet shalt thou not if i but know my power me fly not should the winds bear thee away else is the force of plants all vanished and my spells deceive she said and formed an incorporeal shape like to a boar and bade it glance across the monarch's sight and seem itself to hide in the dense thicket where the trees grew thick a spot impervious to the courser's foot tis done unwitting picus eager seeks his shadowy prey leaps from his smoking steed and vain hoped spoil pursuing wanders deep in the thick woods she baneful words repeats and cursing charms collects with new-framed verse invokes strange deities verse which erstwhile has dulled the splendid circle of the moon and hid with rain-charged clouds her father's face this verse repeated instant heaven grew dark and mists from earth arose his comrades roam through the dark paths the king without a guard is left this spot and time so suiting gained thus circe cried o fairest thou of forms by those bright eyes which me enslaved by all thy beauteous charms which make a goddess sue indulge my flame accept the all-seeing sun my sire for thine nor rigidly austere titanian circe spurn she ceased he stern repulsed the goddess and her praying suit exclaiming be thou whom thou mayest yet thine i am not captive me another holds and fervently i pray to lengthened years she still may hold me never will i wrong the nuptial bond with strangers lawless love while janus's daughter my loved canaan's lives sol's daughter then reiterated prayers in vain oft tried exclaimed nor shalt thou boast impunity nor e'er returning see thy canaan's 
but learn well what may be done by slighted loving woman circe loves is woman and is slighted to the west she turned her twice and turned her twice to east thrice with her wand she struck the youth and thrice her charm fraught song repeated swift he fled and wondering that more swift he ran than wont plumes on his limbs beheld constrained to add a new-formed habit into latium's groves angry he wounds the spreading boughs and digs the stubborn oak tree with his rigid beak a purple tinge his feathers take the hue his garment showed the gold a buckle once which clasped his robe to feathers too is changed the shining gold circles his neck around nor aught remains of picus save the name meantime his comrades vainly picus call through all the groves but picus nowhere find circe they meet for now the air was cleared the clouds dispersed or by the winds or sun charge her with crimes committed and demand their king force threaten and prepare to lift their savage spears the goddess sprinkles round her noxious poisons and envenomed juice invokes old night and the nocturnal gods chaos and erebus and hecate's help with magic howlings praise woods wondrous sight leap from their seats earth groans the neighbouring trees grow pale the grass with sprinkled blood is wet stones hoarsely seem to roar and dogs to howl earth with black serpents swarms unmatted forms of bodies long defunct flit through the air tremble the crowd struck with the appalling scene appalled and trembling on their heads she strikes the envenomed rod from the rod's potent touch for men a various crowd of furious beasts appeared his form no single youth retained descending phoebus had hesperia's shores now touched and canaan's with her heart and looks sought for her spouse in vain her servants all and all the people roam through every wood bearing bright torches not content the nymph to weep to tear her tresses and to beat her bosom though not one of these was spared she sallied forth herself and frantic strayed through latium's plains six times the night beheld and six returning suns her wandering o'er the mountain tops or through the valleys deep as chance directed foodless sleepless still tiber at length beheld her with her toil and woe worn out upon his chilling banks her limbs extending there her very griefs poured with her tears still musically sound mourning her words in a soft dying tone are heard as when of old the expiring swan sung his own elegy wasted at length her finest marrow fast she pined away and vanished quite to unsubstantial air yet still tradition marks the spot the muse of ancient days still canaan's called the place in honour of the nymph and justly too many the tales like these i heard and much like this i saw in that long tedious year sluggish and indolent for lack of toil then so we bid to plough the deep again again to hoist the sail but circe told so much of doubtful ways of voyage vast and all the perils of the raging deep we must encounter that my soul i own trembled i gained this shore and here remained end of section twenty seven section twenty eight of metamorphoses this librivox recording is in the public domain metamorphoses by publius ovidius naso ovid translated by j j howard the fourteenth book of the metamorphoses of ovid part two here macareus finished to aeneas's nurse inurned in marble this short verse was given cajeta here saved from the flames of greece her foster son for piety renowned with fires more fitting burned 
loosed are the ropes that bound them to the grassy beach and far they leave the dwelling of the guile for power and seek the groves beneath whose cloudy shade the yellow-sanded tiber in the main fierce rushes here aeneas gains the realm and daughter of latinus faunus's son but not without a war battles ensue with the fierce people for his promised bride turnus loud rages all the tuscans join with latium and with doubtful warfare long is sought the conquest either side augment with foreign aid their strength rutilians crowds defend and crowds the trojan trenches guard not bootless suppliant to evander's roof aeneas went though venulus in vain to exiled diomed's great town was sent a mighty city diomed had reared beneath apulian donus and possessed his lands by marriage dower but when made known by venulus the message turnus sent beseeching aid the Aetolian hero aid denied for neither was his wish to send his father's troops to fight nor of his own had he which might the strenuous warfare wage lest this but feign do you think he said though grief the sad relation will once more renew yet will i now the afflicting tale repeat when lofty ilium was consumed the towers of pergamus a prey to grecian flames the locrian ajax for the ravished maid drew vengeance on us all which he alone deserved from angry pallas scattered wide and swept by tempests through the foaming deep the grecians thunders rains and darkness bore all heavens and oceans rage and all to crown on the caphorian rocks the fleet was dashed but not to tie you with each mournful scene in order greece might then the tears have drawn even from old priam yet minerva's care snatched me in safety from the surge again from argos my paternal land i'm driven bright venus bearing still in mind the wound of former days upon the expanded deep such toils i bore excessive on the land so in stern combat drove that oft those seemed to me most blessed who in the common wreck capharius sunk beneath the boisterous waves a fate i anxious wished i'd with them shared now all my comrades of the toilsome main and constant warfare weary respite craved from their long wanderings not was agmon so fierce still his bosom burned and now he raged from his misfortunes fiercer as he cried what fellows can remain which now to bear your patience should refuse what though she would possesses caesarea to inflict when worse is to be dreaded is the time for prayers but when our state the worst has seen fear should be spurned at in our depth of woe secure let she herself hear all my words and let her hate as hate she does each man who follows diomed yet will we all her hatred mock and stand against her power so mighty with a no less mighty breast with words like these aetolian agmon goads the already raging goddess and revives her ancient hate few with his boldness pleased far most my friends his daring speech condemn aiming at words respondent straight his voice and throat are narrowed into plumes his hair is altered plumes o'er his new neck are spread and o'er his chest and back his arms receive long pinions bending into light-formed wings most of his feet is cleft in claws his mouth hardens to horn and in a sharp beak ends lycus retinor nycteus abus stare with wonder and while wandering there they stand the same appearance take and farther most of all my troop on wings up fly and round the ship the air resounds with clapping wings if what new shape those birds so sudden formed distinguished you would know swans not to be nought could the snowy swan resemble more sun now to dornus my diminished host scarce guards this kingdom and those barren fields thus far diomedes 
and venulus the apulian kingdom left calabria's gulf passed and messapia's plains where he beheld caverns with woods deep shaded with light rills cool watered here the goatish pan now dwelt once tenanted by wood nymphs from the spot them apulus a shepherd drove to flight alarmed at first by sudden dread but soon resumed their courage his pursuit despised they to the measured notes their agile feet moved in the dance the clown insults them more mimics their motions in his boorish steps to coarse abusing added speech obscene nor ceased his tongue till buried in a tree well may his manner from the fruit be known for the wild olive marks his tongue's reproach in berries most austere to them transferred the rough ungrateful sharpness of his words returned the legates and the message told the aetolians aid denied without their help waged the rutilians now the ready war and streams of blood from either army flow lo turnus comes and greedy torches brings to fire the covered ships the flames they fear whom tempests spared and now the fire consumed the pitch the wax with all that flame could feed then mounting up the lofty mast assailed the canvas and the rowers benches smoked this saw the sacred mother of the gods and mindful that from ida's lofty top the pines were hewed with clash of tinkling brass and sounds of hollow box filled all the air then borne through ether by her lions tamed she said those flames with sacrilegious hands thou hurl'st in vain i will them snatch away ne'er will i calmly view the greedy fire aught of the forests which are mine consume loud thunders rattled as the goddess spoke and showery floods with hard rebounding hail the thunder followed in the troubled air the blustering brethren raged and swelled the main the billows furious clashed the mother used one blast's exerted force the cables burst which bound the phrygian vessels to the shore them swiftly swept along and in the deep low plunged them straight the rigid wood grows soft the timber turns to flesh the crooked prows to heads are changed the oars to floating legs and toes while what were ribs as ribs remain the keels deep in the vessels sunk become the spinal bones in soft long tresses flows the cordage into arms the salyards change the hue of all cerulean as before and now the naiads of the ocean sport with girlish play amid those very waves erewhile so dreaded sprung from rugged hills they love the gentle main nor aught their birth their bosoms irks yet mindful still what risks themselves encountered on the raging main oft with assisting hands the high-tossed bark they aid save greeks the hapless bark contains mindful of ilium's fall they still detest the argives and with joyful looks behold the shattered fragments of ulysses's ship with joy behold the bark alcinous gave hardened to rock stone growing from the wood twas hoped the fleet transformed to nymphs marine the fierce rutilians struck with awe might cease the war but stubborn either side persists each have their gods and each have godlike souls nor seek they now so much the kingdom dower latinus's sceptre or lavinia thee as conquest waging war through shame to cease venus at last beholds brave turnus slain her son's victorious arms and ardea falls a mighty town when turnus yet was safe it cruel flames destroyed and every roof the smoking embers hid up from the heap of ruins sprung a bird unknown before and beat the ashes with its sounding wings its voice its leanness pallid hue and all suit well a captured city and the name retaining still with beating wings it wails now had aeneas's virtues all the gods even juno forced to cease their ancient hate the young eulus's growing empire fixed on firm foundations 
ripe was then for heaven the Siderian prince venus besought that favour of the gods round her sire's neck her arms she clasped o father she exclaimed indulgent still be more than ever kind grant that a deity though e'er so low aeneas may become who through my blood claims thee as grandsire something let him gain let it suffice that he has once beheld the dreary realm and once already passed the stygian stream the deity's consent nor does the heavenly queen her forehead stern retain consenting with a cheerful mien then spoke the sire both daughter merit well the boon celestial what thou asks receive since thou desirest it and since he deserves he ceased o'erjoyed she grateful thanks returns and by yoked turtles borne through yielding air she seeks laurentum's shore where gently creep numicius's waters midst a reedy shade into the neighbouring main she bids him cleanse all of aeneas that to death was given and bear him silent floating to the sea the horned god what venus bade performed all that aeneas had of mortal mould he purged away and washed him with his waves his better part remained odours divine o'er his lustrated limbs the mother poured and with ambrosia and sweet nectar touched his lips and perfect is the new-made god whom indiges the roman people call worship with altars and in temples place alba and latium then beneath the rule of young iulus called ascanius came him silvius followed then latinus held the ancient sceptre with his grandsire's name alba to famed latinus was the next then ipetus capetus capis reigned capis before capetus after these the realm was swayed by tiberinus sunk beneath the billows of the tuscan stream the waters took his name his sons were two fierce remulus and acrota the first preeminent in years the thunder mocked and by the thunder died of meeker mind his brother to brave aventinus left the throne who buried neath the self-same hill where once he reigned gave to the hill a name and procas now the latian people ruled beneath this monarch fair pomona lived than whom amongst the hamadryad train none tended closer to her garden's care none o'er the tree's young fruit more anxious watched and thence her name in rivers she and woods delighted not for fields were all her joy and branches bending with delicious loads nor grasps her hand a javelin but a hook with which she now luxurious boughs restrains and prunes the stragglers when too wide they spread now she divides the rind and in the cleft inserts a scion and supporting juice affords the adopted stranger ne'er she bears that drought they feel but oft with flowing streams waters the crooked fibres of their roots this all her love this all her care for man she heeded not yet of the lawless force of rustics fearful she her orchard round well fenced and every part from access barred and fled from all mankind what was there left untried by satyrs by the wanton fawns or pine-crowned pan sylvanus ever youth or him whose sickle frights nocturnal thieves to gain her these vertumnus all excelled in passion but not happier he than they how oft a basket of ripe grain he bore clad like a hardy reaper and in form a real reaper seemed oft with new hay his temples bound who turns the fresh-cut grass he might be thought oft in his horny hand he bears a goad then might you swear that now the weary oxen he had just unyoked armed with a pruning hook he won a pierce who lops the vines when he the ladder lifts apples about to pluck he seems his sword shows him a soldier and his trembling reed an angler thus a thousand shapes he tries to enjoy the pleasure of her beauteous sight 
now leaning on a staff his temples clad in painted bonnet he an ancient dame with silver locks thin scattered o'er her head would seem and in the well-trimmed orchard walks admires the fruit but oh how far beyond are these he said and kissed the lips he praised no ancient dame such kisses e'er bestowed then rested on the swelling turf and viewed the branches bending with the autumnal load an elm there stood right opposite full spread with swelling grapes which with its social vine he praised yet should that trunk there single stand said he without its vine naught but the leaves desirable would seem as well the vine which rests now safe upon its wedded elm if not so joined were prostrate on the ground yet does the tree's example move not thee thou fliest from marriage fliest from nuptial joys would they could charm thy soul not hell and air such crowds of wooers sought not her who moved the lapithian war nor the bright queen of ithacus still gainst the coward brave as would pursue thee now though all thou fliest thy suitors scorning thousands seek thy hand both demigods and gods whoever dwell of deities on alba's lofty hills yet wisely wouldst thou act and happy wed attend my aged counsel thee i love more than all these and more than thou'dst believe reject such vulgar offers and select vertumnus for the consort of thy bed and for his worth accept of me as pledge for to himself not better is he known than me no truant through the earth he roves these spots he dwells in and in these alone nor loves he like thy wooer's greatest share instant whate'er he sees thou his first flame shalt be and be his last he will devote his every year to thee and thee alone add to his youth and nature's bounteous gifts which decorate him and that changed with ease he every form can take and those the best that thou mayst like for all thou mayst command are not your pleasures both the same the fruits thou gatherest first are they not given to him who takes thy offerings with a grateful hand but now he seeks not fruits plucked from thy trees nor herbs thy garden feeds with mellow juice nor aught save thee have pity on his flame think tis himself that sues think that he prays through me o fear the vengeance of the gods affronted venus's unrelenting rage and fear ramnusia's still vindictive mind that these you more may dread i will relate for age as much to me made known a fact notorious through all cyprus which may urge your soul more quickly to relent and love iphis of humble origin beheld the noble anaxarete the blood of ancient teucer he beheld and felt love burn through all his frame he struggled long by reason to o'ercome the flame in vain he came a humble suppliant to her gate to her old nurse he now his hapless love confessed and prayed her by her nursling's hopes she would not be severe now he assails all her attendants with his flattering speech and anxious begs of each to intercede oft graven on tablets were his amorous words borne to her oft against her door he hung garlands wet dropping with the dew of tears placed on the threshold hard his tender side bending reproaches on the cruel bar but she more deaf than surges which arise with setting stars and harder than the steel numician fires have tempered or the rock still living in its bed spurned him and laughed and cruel added lofty words to deeds unmerciful and robbed him even of hope impatient iphis now no longer bore the pangs of endless grief but at her gate thus uttered his last plaints thou hast o'ercome o anaxarete for never more will i molest thy quiet now prepare glad triumphs peon call and bind thy brows with laurel bright for thou victorious art and joyfully i die 
o heart of steel enjoy thy bliss now will i force thy praise in something somehow find a way to please and thee constrain to grant i have desert yet still remember that my love for thee leaves me not but with life that once i lose a double light but fame shall not announce to thee my death for i myself will come lest thou shouldst doubt thou shalt thyself behold my death and on my lifeless body glut thy cruel eyes but o ye gods above if mortal deeds ye view remember me no more my tongue can dare to ask than this that distant ages may my fortune know grant fame to him whom ye of life deprive he spoke and to the porch so oft adorned with flowing chaplets raised his humid eyes and stretched his pallid arms then to the post the cord with noose well fitted fastening cried nymph pitiless and cruel pleased the best with garlands such as these then in the cord his head inserted toward the maid still turned as hapless load with strangled throat he hung struck by his dangling feet the portal seemed a sound to give which mighty seemed to mourn and open thrown the horrid deed displayed loudly the servants shriek and vainly bear his breathless body to his mother's dome defunct his sire she clasped him to her breast embraced his clay-cold limbs and all she said that wretched parents say and all she did that hapless mothers do then through the town the melancholy funeral pomp she led the lurid members following on a bier for burning in the road the dwelling stood through which the sad procession took its way and sound of lamentation struck the ears of anaxarete whom now the power of vengeance followed moved she now exclaimed i will this melancholy prospect view and to the open casement mounted high scarce had she iphis on the bier beheld when hardened grew her eyes the pallid hue o'erspread her body as the warm blood fled her feet to move for flight she tried her feet stuck fast her face she tried to turn away she could not turn it and by small degrees the stony hardness of her breast was spread o'er all her limbs believe not that i feign for salamis the figure of the nymph still keeps and there a temple is high reared where venus the beholder they adore mindful of this o dearest nymph lay by that cold disdain and join thee to a spouse so may no vernal frosts thy budding fruits destroy nor sweeping storms despoil thy flowers when this the god to various shapes in vain transformed had uttered he assumed again the youth and flung the garb of age aside and so appeared as seems the radiant sun freed from opposing clouds and darting bright his glory round force he prepared but force he needed not the nymph his beauty moved and straight her bosom felt a mutual flame Thorsonian realm Amulius's force unjust commanded next and ancient numitor by his young grandsons the lost realm regained the city's walls on peles's feast were laid now tartius and the sabine sires wage war against it and the fortress's gate unclosed tarpeia well deserving of her fate breathes out her soul beneath a pile of shields thence cures's sons each sound of voice repressed silent as wolves steal on them drowned in sleep and gain the gates which Ilia's son had closed with massive bars but juno one threw ope nor creaked the portal on its turning hinge venus alone the fastening of the gate withdrawn perceived and had it closed again save that the acts a deity performs no deity can e'er undo a spot near janus's temple cool with flowing streams osonia's naiads owned and aid from these she sought nor could the nymphs deny a boon so just and instant all their rills and floods burst forth 
but still to Janus's open gate the way was passable, nor could the waves oppose their way. They to the fruitful springs applied blue sulphur, and the hollow caves fire with bitumen. To the lowest depth they forceful penetrate, both this and that, and streams that late might vie with alpine cold to flames themselves, not now in heat, would yield. The porches of the deity two-faced smoked with the fiery sprinkling, and the gates oped to the hardy Sabine troops in vain, was by the new-sprung fountain guarded, till the sons of Mars had girt them in their arms. Soon Romulus attacked them, and Rome's soil was strewed with Sabine bodies and her own, and impious weapons mingled blood of sires with blood of sons-in-law. Yet so it pleased, war settled into peace, nor raged the steel to ultimate destruction. In the realm Tartius as equal sovereign was received. Tartius deceased, thou, Romulus, dispensed to the joint nations equitable laws. When Mars, his helmet thrown aside, the sire of gods and men, in words like these, addressed, O parent, since the Roman realm has gained a strong and wide foundation, nor should look to one protector only, Lo, the time to grant the favour promised me so long to thy deserving grandson. Snatched from earth, let him in heaven be placed. Time was, long since, in a full council of the gods thou saidst, Well I remember, well my mindful breast the tender words remarked, A son of mine by thee should in the azure sky be placed. Now be the fullness of thy words complete. Omnipotent consented, with black clouds darkened the air, and frightened all the town with flaming thunders. When the martial god perceived this fiat of the promised change, propped on his spear he fearless mounts the steeds, pressed by the bloody yoke. Loud sounds the lash, and prone the air he cleaves, lights on the top of shady Palatine. There Aelia's son, delivering regal laws to Romans round, he saw, and swept him thence, his mortal limbs waste in the empty air, as balls of lead hurled from a sling melt in the midmost sky. More fair his face appears, and worthy more of the high shrines, such now appears the form of great Quirinus, clad in purple robe. His spouse him wept as lost, when heaven's high queen bade Iris on her sweeping bow descend, and thus her orders to Hercilia speak. O matron, glory of the Latian land, pride of the Sabine race, most worthy spouse of such an hero once, spouse worthy now of god Quirinus, cease thy tears, if wish to see thy husband warms thee, led by me to yonder grove upon Quirinus's hill, which flourishes, and overshades the fane of Rome's great monarch, haste. Iris obeys. Upon her painted bow to earth slides down, and hails her Celia in the bidden words. Her eyes scarce lifting, she with blushing face replies, O goddess, whom thou art to me unknown, that thou a goddess art is plain. Lead me, O lead, show me my spouse's face, which if fate grant I may once more behold, heaven I'll allow I've seen. Nor waits she more but with Thomantian Iris to the hill of Romulus proceeds. There, shot from heaven, a star toward earth descended. From its rays bright-flamed Hercilia's hair, and with the star mounted aloft. Rome's founder's well-known arms receive her. Now her former name is changed, as changed her body. Known as Oro now, a goddess, with her great Quirinus joined. End of section 28「Section 29 of Metamorphoses. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso, Ovid, translated by J. J. Howard. The Fifteenth Book of the Metamorphoses of Ovid, Part 1. Meantime they seek who may the mighty load sustain, 
who may succeed so great a king fame harbinger of truth the realm decreed to noble numa not content to know the laws and customs of the sabine race his mind capacious grasped a larger field he sought for nature's laws fired by this wish his country left he journeyed to the town of him who erst was great alcides's host and as he sought to learn what founder first these grecian walls reared on italia's shore thus an old habitant well versed in tales of yore replied jove's son rich in the herds iberia bred his prosperous journey bent by ocean unto fair Lacinia's shores entered himself the hospitable roof of mighty croto while his cattle strayed amid the tender grass and his long toil relieved by rest departing thus he spoke here in thy grandson's age a town shall rise and true the promised words for missalos argive alamon's son dear to the gods beyond all mortals of that time now lived the club-armed god as pressed with heavy sleep he lay hung o'er him and directed thus haste leave thy native land where distant flows the rocky stream of isaris go seek and threatened much if disobedient found then disappeared the god and sleep at once alamon's son arose with silent care revolved the new-seen vision in his soul and undetermined wavered long his mind the god commands the laws forbid to go death is the punishment to him decreed who would his country quit now glorious soul had in the ocean hid his glittering face and densest night showed her star-studded head again the god was seen to come again admonish and with threats more stern demand obedience terror-struck he now prepared his property and household gods to move to this new seat quick through the city flies the rumour as a slighter of the laws is he denounced the trial ends at once the acknowledged crime without a witness proved the wretched culprit lifts his eyes and hands to heaven exclaiming thou whose toils twice six have given thee claim to glory lend thy aid thou art the cause that i offence have given sentence in old by stones of white and black was shown by these the accused was cleared by those condemned thus is the heavy doom now passed and in the fatal urn each flings a stone of sable hue inverted then to count the pebbles lo their colour all is changed from black to white and thus the doom reversed alamon's son by hercules is freed thanks to alcmena's son his kinsman given he o'er the ionian sea with favouring winds sailed and tarentum sparta's city passed and sybaris neathus salentine the gulf of thurium and japygea's fields with temeses which shores at distance seen by him were scarcely passed when he beheld the mouth of isaris the destined flood and thence not far a lofty heap of earth where croto's hallowed bones were safe inhumed there he is bidden raised the walls which took from the high sepulchre their lasting name plain then the city's origin appears by fame thus built upon italia's shores here dwelt a sage whom samos claimed by birth but samos and its masters he had fled a willing exile from tyrannic rule though from celestial regions far removed his mind to heaven could soar with mental eyes he things explored which to the human ken nature denied when all with watchful care was learnt in secret to the listening crowd he public spoke told to their wondering ears the primal origin of this great world the cause of things what nature is what god whence snow and whence tremendous thunder springs from jove or from the rattling of rent clouds what shakes earth's pillars by what law the stars wander and what besides lies hid from man and first that animals should heap the board for food he strict forbade and first in words thus eloquent but unbelieved he spoke 
cease mortals cease your bodies to pollute with food unhallowed plentiful is grain the apples bend the branches with their load the vines bear swelling heaps of clustering grapes bland herbs you have and such as heat require to mollify for use nor do you lack the milky fluid or the honey sweet fragrant of thyme the lavish earth supplies mild elements her riches and affords dainties with naught of slaughter or of blood their hunger beasts alone with flesh allay and beasts not all the generous steed the flock the herd on grass subsist but lions grim armenian tigers bears and wolves delight in bloody feasts how impious to behold bowels in bowels buried greedy limbs fatten on limbs digested and prolonged one's animation by another's death in vain the earth benignant mother gives her copious stores if naught can thee delight save with a savage tooth this living food to chew and cyclopean feasts renew canst thou not cloy the appetite's keen rage depraved desire unless another die that early age to which we give the name of golden happy was in mellow fruits and plants by earth produced nor e'er did gore the mouth defile in safety through the air fowls weighed their feathers fearless through the fields wandered the hare nor on the barbed hook hung by his credulity was snared the fish fraud was not none suspicious of deceit and all was filled with harmony and peace but soon some wretch whatever wretch was he such food disliking in his greedy maw buried what animation once possessed he led the way to wickedness and first the weapon smoked with blood of ravenous beasts and there it should have stayed just as the plea to take their lives that follow us for prey but not devour them when destroyed from thence widespread the horrid practice and the sow doomed the first victim is decreed to die for digging up with crooked snout the seed and blasting all the prospect of the year the goat had gnawed the vine the culprit bled on bacchus's altars to appease his ire these two their fate deserved but how o sheep ye harmless flocks have ye this merited formed to receive protection from mankind who in your swelling dugs bland liquors bear who give your fleecy coverings garments soft for us to form and more in life than death assist our wants what has the ox deserved a simple harmless beast and born for toil of guile and fraud devoid forgetful man and undeserving of the harvest's boon who could the crooked yoke just from his neck removed his faithful tiller sacrifice smite with the axe that neck with labour worn with which so oft he had the soil renewed which had so many crops on him bestowed nor is this all the savage deed performed they implicate the heavenly gods themselves pretend the almighty deities delight to see the slaughter of laborious steers spotless must be the victim in his form perfection fatal thus too much to please with gold and fillets gay the beast is led before the altar hears the unknown prayers and sees the meal the product of his toil betwixt his horns full in his forehead flung then struck he stains the weapon with his blood the weapon in reflecting waves beneath haply beheld before next they inspect his torn-out living entrails and from thence learn what the bosoms of the gods intend whence man such passion for forbidden food how darest thou mortal man in flesh indulge oh i conjure you do it not my words deep in your minds revolve when to your mouth the mangled members of the ox you raise no and reflect your labourer you devour and now the god inspires my tongue my tongue shall follow what the inspiring god directs my truths i will disclose display all heaven and oracles of mind divine reveal i sing of mighty things by none before investigated what has long lain hid 
it glads me through the lofty heavens to go to sail amid the clouds the sluggish earth left far below and on the shoulders mount of mighty atlas thence from far look down on wandering souls of reasoning aid deprived shivering and trembling at the thoughts of death i thus exhort and scenes of fate unfold o race whom terror of cold death affrights why fear ye sticks why darkness why vain names the dreams of poets why in fancied worlds severe atonements whether slow disease or on the pile the body flames consume think not that any suffering it can feel the soul from death is free and one seat left another habitation finds and lives well i remember i was pantheus's son euphorbus in the fatal war of troy whose breast the young atrides massive spear transpierced in fight i lately knew the shields my left arm bore in juno's temple hung in abantia in argos all is changed but nothing dies the spirit roams about from that to this from this to that again and enters vacant bodies at its will now from a beast's to human frame it goes now from the man it passes to a beast and never perishes as yielding wax is with new figures printed nor remains long in one form nor holds its pristine shape and yet is still the same so do i teach the soul the same though varied are its seats hence lest thy belly's keen desire o'ercome all piety and profit like i speak forbear by impious slaughter to disturb the souls of kindred friends and let not blood with blood be fed now on the boundless sea since i am born and to the breeze have loosed my swelling sail this more naught that the world contains is in appearance still the same all moving altars changeable is formed each image and with constant motion flows even time itself just like a passing stream for nor the river nor the flying hour can be detained as wave by wave impelled the foremost pressed by that behind itself urging its predecessor so time flies and so is followed ever seeming new for what has been is lost what is no more shall be and every moment is renewed you see the night emerge to glorious day and the bright sun in shady darkness sink nor shows the sky one hue when nature all worn out in midnight quiet rests and when bright lucifer dismounts his snowy steed varying again when fair aurora comes of light forerunner and the world to soul about to yield dies deep the orbed god when from earth's margin rising in the morn blushing appears and blushing seems at eve descending to the main but at heaven's heights shines in white splendour there the ethereal air is purest earth's contagion distant far nor can nocturnal phoebe always show her form the same nor equal less to-day if waxing than to-morrow she'll appear if waning greater note you not the year in four succeeding seasons passing on the lively image of our mortal life tender and milky like young infancy is the new spring then gaily shine the plants tumid with juice but helpless and delight with hope the planter blooming all appears and smiles in varied flowers the feeding earth but delicate and powerless are the leaves robuster now the year to spring succeeds the summer and a sturdy youth becomes no age is stronger none more fertile yields its stores and none with heat more fervid glows next autumn follows all the fire of youth allayed mature in mildness just between old age and youth a medium temper holds some silvery tresses o'er his temples strewed then aged winter frightful object comes with tottering step and bald appears his head or snowy white the few remaining hairs our bodies too themselves submit to change without remission nor what we have been nor what we are to-morrow shall we be 
the day has been when we were but a seed and in his mother's womb the future man dwelt nature with her aiding power appeared bad that the embryo buried deep within the pregnant mother should not rack her more and from its dwelling to the free-drawn air produced it to the day the infant brought lies sinewless then quadruped he crawls in beast-like guise then trembling by degrees he stands erect but with a leg unfirm his knees assisting with some strong support now is he strong and swift and youth's brisk stage quick passes then the flower of years o'ergone he slides down gradual to descending age this undermines demolishes the strength of former years and ancient milo weeps when he beholds those aged feeble arms hang dangling by his side once like the limbs of hercules so muscular so large and helen weeps when in her glass she views her aged wrinkles wondering to herself why she was ravished twice consuming time and envious age all substance ye destroy all things your teeth decay and you consume by gradual progress but by certain death these also which the elements we call their varying changes know lo i explain their regular vicissitudes attend four elements the eternal world contains two earth and water which their ponderous weight sinks low and two the air and purer fire void of dense gravity soar up on high free unconfined though distant far in space yet from these four are all things formed and all to them resolve again the earth dissolved melts into liquid dew more subtile grown it passes to the breezes and the air and air again when in its thinnest form deprived of weight springs to the fires on high thence retrograde they come inverting all this order fire is thickened to dense air air into water water to hard earth nor aught retains its form nature of things renewer figures from old figures makes naught that the world contains doubt not my truth air perishes but changes and receives an altered shape what to be born we call is to begin in different guise to seem than what we were and what we call to die is but to cease to wear our wonted form though haply some part hither may be moved some thither still the aggregate's the same nor can i think that aught can long endure unaltered soon the primal ages came from gold to iron quite transformed is oft the state of places i have seen what once was earth most solid changed to fluid waves land have i seen from ocean formed and shells marine lie scattered distant from all shore old anchors buried in the mountain tops the rush of waters hollow valleys forms where once were plains and level lie the hills beneath the deluge dry the marshy ground with barren sand becomes and what was parched is soaked a marshy fen here nature opes new fountains there she closes up the old rivers have bursted forth when earthquakes shook the globe some choked have disappeared below thus lycus swallowed by the yawning earth bursts far from thence again another stream the mighty erasinus now absorbed now flows to argive fields again restored and missus they relate who both his stream and banks disliking as caicus now twixt others flows with amanani who rolls o'er sands sicilian flowing oft and oft with closed-up fountains dry anigros once sweet to the thirsty now his waters pours untouched by lips since save we must deny to poets faith the double-bodied race there bathed the wounds alcides arrows gave and is not hypanis the flood that springs from scythia's hills once sweet with bitter salts now tainted by the waves begirt were once antissa pharos and phoenician tyre and not a spot an island now remains the ancient clowns leucadia to the land sore joined now surges beat around its base 
and sanclay their relate was once conjoined to italy till ocean burst his bounds and rent the land and girt it with his waves for helice or burus should you seek achaean towns o'erwhelmed beneath the waves you'll find them boatmen oft are wont to show the tottering cities and their walls immersed near Pitean treason is a lofty hill by trees unshaded now indeed an hill but once a level plain wondrous to tell the wind's resistless force in caverns deep enclosed for exit somewhere as it strained and struggled long in vain a freer range of air to sweep when all the prison round was found no fissure pervious to the blast it swelled the high raised ground just so the breath puffs out the bladder or the horned goat's skin the tumour still remains and now appears grown hard by lapse of time a lofty hill though numbers to my mind occur or seen or heard but few beside i will relate do not streams too receive and lose new powers thy fountain horn and ammon at midday is icy cold but hot at morn and eve the waters of athamanus are said sprinkled on wood when luna's lessening orb shines in the heavens to warm it into flame a river have the sacones which turns to marble what it touches whoso drinks instant his inwards harden into stone cathus and sybaris which border near our pastures make the hair resemble gold more wondrous still waters there are with power the mind to change as well as change the limbs who has not heard of salmasis obscene and ethiopia's lake which whoso drinks or furious raves or sinks in sleep profound where his thirst at the clitorian fount quenches he loathes all wine abstemious joys to drink pure water where the power the waves possess to thwart the heating vinous juice or as the natives tell with herbs and charms when the mad prejudice melampus cured he in the stream the mental medicine flung and hate of wine the fountain still retains Lincestius's river flows with different power of this who swallows but the smallest draught staggers as charged with plenteous cups of wine the dangerous place arcadia holds of yore called phineus for its water's twofold force dreaded by night for drank by night they harm but guiltless of all mischief drank by day thus lakes and rivers now these powers possess now those time was ortigia on the waves floated now firm she rests argo first ship dreaded the isle cyanian scattered round and clashing oft amid the roaring waves which rest unmoved now and the winds despise nor etna whose sulphureous furnace flames will always burn time was it burned not yet for let earth be an animated mass which lives and breathing holes in various parts exhaling flame possesses she may change each time she moves those passages of air these caverns close and others open throw or where the wind confined in those deep caves hurls rocks on rocks and what the seeds of fire contain and flames from the concussion burst the winds appeased cold will the caves be left or if the flame be by bitumen caught or by pale sulphur fiercely will it burn to the last particle but when the earth fuel and oily nutriment no more the flame shall give a tedious length of years its force exhausting and its nutriment by nature's tooth consumed the famished flames will this desert deserted by their food fame says the men who in Pelene live a northern clime when nine times in the lake tritonian plunged in plumage light are clad this scarce can i believe they also tell that scythia's females sprinkling on their limbs rank poisons such like transformation gain yet when well-tried experience us instructs faith may be given do we not bodies see decaying slow with moisture and with heat to animalcules changed nay go inter a chosen slaughtered steer well known the fact and much in use 
lo from the putrid paunch swarms of the flower-collecting bee will rise which rove the meadows as their parent roved and urge their toil and labour still in hope the warlike courser prostrate on the ground becomes the source whence angry hornets rise cut from the seashore crab his crooked claws and place the rest in earth a scorpion thence will come and threaten with his hooked tail the meadow worms too which with silky threads well noted is the fact are wont to weave the foliage change the figures which they wear like the gay butterfly of funeral fame the life-producing seeds of grass-green frogs mud-holes and forms them first devoid of feet then gives them legs for swimming well contrived and apt that they for lengthened leaps may suit behind these far surpass the first in length the cub the bear brings forth at its first birth is but a lump of barely living flesh licking the mother forms the limbs and gives as much of shape as she herself enjoys see we the young knot of the honeyed bee closed in the wax hexagonally shaped first formed a body limbless gaining late their feet and wings and who could e'er suppose except the fact he knew that juno's bird which bears the starry tail that venus's doves the thunder-bearer of almighty jove and all the race of birds their being owe to a small egg's still smaller central part there are who think the human marrow changed as snake becomes when putrid turns the spine in a closed sepulchre these each and all their origin from other things derive one bird there is which from herself alone springs and regenerates without foreign aid assyrians call her phoenix not on grain nor herbs she lives but on strong frankincense and rich amomum's juice when she has passed five ages of her life with her broad bill and talons she upon the ilex's boughs or on the summit of the trembling palm a nest constructs on this she cassia strews spikes of sweet-smelling nard the dark brown myrrh and cinnamon well bruised then lays herself above and on the odorous pile expires then they report an infant phoenix springs from the parental course to which is given five ages too to live when years afford due strength to lift and bear the ponderous load she lightens of the weighty nest the boughs with pious duty her own cradle takes and parents sepulchre then having gained hyperion city through the yielding air before the sacred portal lays it down if of stupendous wonder aught ye find in this hyenas must your wonder move alternate changing females now they bear and annual alter unto males again that reptile too which feeds on wind and air and what it touches straight its hue assumes india by cluster-bearing bacchus gained lynxes upon the conquering god bestowed and so they tell whate'er their bladders void concretes to gems and hardens in the air thus too the coral hardens to a stone a plant so flexible beneath the waves they would desert us phoebus's panting steeds would in the mighty deep be plunged ere i could finish should i every substance tell changed to new form this we perceive that time all turns these nations mighty strength attain those sink in power thus troy and wealth and strength was mighty and for ten long years could shed her blood in torrents lo she lies and shows her ancient ruins and her numerous tombs for all her riches sparta once was great and famed mycenae once in power was strong with athens and the town amphion raised now a mean spot is sparta lo now lies lofty mycenae what of thebes remains the town of oedipus except his tale what of pandion's athens but the name and now begins the fame of dardan rome to rise the waves of tiber from the hills of apennine descending bathe her walls placed on a huge foundation shall she fix her empire's base by increase shall she change and shall hereafter of the mighty world be head 
this prophets they assert have said and fate predicting oracles myself remember helenus old priam's son addressed aeneas when the trojan towers were tottering weeping and a future fate doubtful in words like these a goddess born if the prognostics of my soul i read rightly troy ne'er while thou art safe will fall flames and the sword shall ope to thee a path thou shalt depart and with thyself convey an ilium till a foreign land thou find'st a land more friendly both to thee and troy now to the phrygians offspring due i see a city raised such former ages ne'er beheld such is not such will never be thousands of worthies in a length of years its power shall spread but lord of all the globe shall he descended of eulus reign who when by earth a while enjoyed shall gain a seat celestial and the heaven shall be the bound of his career well does my mind retain that helenus in such like words addressed to the chief who bore his country's gods joyed i behold my kindred walls increase and grecia's conquest happy prove for troy but lest too wide i wander and my steeds forget the goal no heaven and all beneath earth and all earth's contents their shapes must change let us then members of the world not formed of body only but with winged souls which to the bodies of wild beasts may pass or dwell within the breasts of grazing herds permit those forms which may the souls contain of parents brethren or of those once joined to us by other bonds certain of men to rest secure and safe from savage wounds nor load our bowels at thyestes board soon by ill custom warped does he prepare to bathe his impious hands in human gore who severs with his knife the lowing throat of the young calf and turns a deafened ear to all its cries or who the kid can slay moaning in plaintive tone like children's cries or who the fowl he fed before can eat what more is wanting that may now complete the measure of iniquity from thence where the next step then let thine oxen plough and let their death be due alone to age let from dread boreas's piercing cold the sheep defend thee with her wool let the full goat present her udder to thy hand to press throw far thy nets thy nooses and thy snares and all thy treacherous skill nor with limed twig deceive the bird nor with strong toils the deer nor hide the barbed hook with treacherous bait if animals annoy ye them destroy but slay them only from the taste of flesh free be your mouths while food more fit ye eat End of section 29Blessed with the nymph his spouse, and by the muses guided, All the rites of sacrifice he taught, the people trained, Fond of fierce war, to arts of gentle peace. When late he finished reign at once, and life, The Latian females, nobles, commons, All in streaming tears bewailed their Numa dead. His consort Rome deserted, and lay hid In the deep forests of Arisia's vale, And with her wailings and her mournful sighs The rites impeded in Diana's fane, how oft the nymphs who dwelt in lakes and groves kind admonitions gave her not to mourn and soothed her with consolatory words how oft the son of theseus weeping said cease thus to grieve nor think your fate alone is hard look round awhile on others woes more mild your own you'll bear 
would that not mine were such as might assuage your woe but mine when heard to calm your grief may something yield haply report has sounded in your ears of one hippolytus the fate destroyed through his most impious stepdame's treacherous fraud and sire's credulity with much surprise you'll hear nay scarcely will you trust my words but here am i Pasiphae's daughter me accused that i with vain endeavour tried to violate my parents nuptial couch me feigning guilty of the crime she wished on me the fence retorting or through fear i might accuse or rage at her repulse my sire me guiltless from the city drove and cursed me going with most hostile prayers to pity and treason i my exiled flight directed and now drove along the shore of corinth's sea when ocean sudden heaved a mighty heap of waters bent appeared like an huge hill and increase seemed to gain then roaring loud was at its summit cleft thence from the bursting waves a horned bull rushed forth breast high uprearing in the air spouting the waves through his capacious mouth and nostrils terror seized my comrades breasts filled with the thoughts of exile mine alone unmoved remained while my impatient steeds turned to the main their heads with ears erect affrighted stood then by the beast appalled rushed rapid with the car o'er lofty rocks with a vain hand i strive to gird the curb besmeared with foaming whiteness bending back with all my might i pull the pliant reins nor had my horse's furious madness mocked my strength save that the fast revolving wheel a tree opposing struck and shattered wide the fragments flew i from the car was thrown entangled in the harness plain to view were seen my living bowels dragged along my sinews twisted round the stump my limbs part swept away and part entangled left loud crashed my fractured bones my wearied soul at length exhaled my body naught retained that could be known one all-continued wound can you o nymph or dare you now compare your woe with mine since then i have beheld the realm of darkness and my mangled limbs bathed in the waves of phlegathon nor life had been restored but through the forceful help of medicine that apollo's offspring gave from him paeonian aid when i had gained by plants of power though much in pluto's spite cynthia me covered with her densest clouds and lest my sight their hatred should increase that safe i might remain and without risk be seen she gave to my appearance age nor left me features to be known again and long deliberated whether crete or delos for my dwelling she would choose but crete and delos both abandoned here she placed me and my name she bade renounce which still reminded me of my wild steeds saying o thou hippolytus who wast be verbius now thenceforth within these groves i dwell a minor deity i tend my heavenly mistress and increase her train but foreign griefs possessed not power to chase egeria's woe who at a mountain's foot throned prostrate melted in a flood of tears till phoebus's sister by her sorrow moved transformed her body to a cooling fount and her limbs melted to still during streams the miracle the wandering nymphs beheld nor stood the son of amazonia's queen with less surprise than on the bosom seized of the tyrrhenian ploughman when he viewed the fate foretelling clod amidst the fields at first spontaneous and untouched it moved then took a human figure shook off earth and oped its new-formed prophesying mouth tages the natives called him who first taught the etruscan race the future to explain or romulus when he his spear beheld stuck on palatium's hill and sudden sprout by a new root 
not by its steely point, fixed fast. No more a weapon but a tree with pliant branches which afford a shade unlooked for to the wandering people round. Orsippus, when he in the flowing stream beheld his new-formed horns, for them he saw, but thought the parents false, and what he viewed oft raised his fingers to his head to touch. No more his eyes distrusting, then he stood, as victor from a conquered foe he came, and raising up to heaven his hands and eyes, Ye gods, he said, whatever this portends, if happy to my country, to the state, be it, if ominous of ill, to me. And then with odorous fires the gods adored, on grassy altars of the green sward formed, and from the goblets poured the wine, and searched the panting entrails of the slaughtered sheep for what was meant. The Etruscan seer beheld that mighty revolutions they foretold, but yet obscurely, till his piercing eye he from the entrails turned to Sippus's horns, then cried, Save thee, O king, for lo, the place for thee, O Sippus, and thy horns the towers of Latium will obey. Thou only haste, delay not, but within the open gates enter, so fate commands. In them received, king wilt thou be. In safety wilt enjoy an ever-during kingdom. Back he drew his feet, and from the city's walls he turned sternly his looks, exclaiming, Far, ye gods, O far avert these omens, Better I an exile roam for life than monarch rule the capital. Then he assembled straight the reverend senate and the people round, but first with peaceful laurel veiled his horns, then on a mound there by the soldiers raised, he stood and prayed in ancient mode to heaven. Lo, here, he cried, is one whom save ye drive far from your city, will your monarch be. By marks, but not by name, I him describe. Two horns his forehead bears. He is the man once in the town received, the augur tells, with servile laws will rule ye. Nay, he might your open gates have entered, but myself opposed him, though more near to me is none. Expel him, Romans, from your city far, or if he merit them with massive chains, load him, or rid yourself at once of fear by the proud tyrant's death. Such murmurs sound mid lofty pines when Eurus whistles fierce. Such is the roaring of the ocean waves rolling far distant as the crowd sent forth till from amidst the all-confounding noise one spoke more loud, and, Which is he? exclaimed. Then all the brows they searched the horns to find. Sippus again addressed them. What you seek, behold! And from his head the garland tore, spite of their efforts, and his forehead showed, with double horns distinguished. All their eyes depressed, and sighs from every bosom burst. Unwillingly, incredible, they view that head so bright with merit. Then no more bearing that honours due he should not gain, they bind his temples with a festal crown. Thee, Sippus, since within the walls forbid to enter, now the senators present a grateful gift, a tract of land so large as with a plough by two yoked oxen drawn, thou canst from morn till close of day surround. The horns, the type of this stupendous fact, long shall remain on brazen pillars graved. Ye muses, patrons of the poet's song, explain, for all complete your knowledge, age most distant ne'er deceives you, why the isle in Tiber's bosom, by his billows washed, the rites of Esculapius introduced into the town of Romulus, a plague of direst form infected Latium's air, and the pale bloodless bodies wasted thin, squalid in poison. When the numerous deaths proved every effort of mankind was vain, and vain the art of medicine, they beseech celestial aid, and unto Delphos go, Apollo's oracle, mid-place of earth. Pray him to help their miserable state with health-affording words, and end at once the dreadful pest which scourged their mighty town. 
the fane the laurel and the quiver slung upon his shoulder shook and this reply the tripod from its secret depth returned thrilling their fear-struck bosoms what you seek o romans here you should have nearer sought and nearer now even seek it phoebus's aid your woe can lessen not but phoebus's son can help you therefore with good omens go and call my offspring to afford relief soon as the prudent senators received the gods commands with diligence they seek what city's walls apollo's son contain deputer band whom favouring breezes waft to epidorus's shores soon as their keels touched on the strand they to the assembled crowd of grecian elders haste and earnest beg to grant their deity to check the rage of death amongst the hapless latian race by his mere presence so unerring fate had said divided is the council's voice some would the aid besought be granted some and many these oppose refuse to send to foreign lands their patron and their god while dubious they deliberated eve chased the remains of light and the earth's shade threw darkness round when lo the helping god appeared in sleep before the roman's bed to stand in form like what his temples grace his left hand bore a rugged staff his right stroked down the hairs of his expanded beard as thus with words of import mild he spoke fear not for i will come my temple leave view but this snake which with his circling folds my staff entwines remark him that again you well may know him changed to such a form will i be but more huge i will appear mighty in bulk as heavenly beings ought the vision ceased and vanished with the words and with the god fled sleep and cheerful light followed the flight of somnus now the morn had chased the starry fires the grecian chiefs still dubious in the splendid temple meet of the entreated deity and pray that some celestial sign he should display to prove which country for his seat he chose scarce had they ended when the shining god forerunning hisses sent and as a snake with lofty crest appeared at his approach his statue altars portals gilded roofs and marble pavements shook he reared his chest sublime amid the temple and around darted his eyes which shone with living fire trembled the fear-struck crowd the sacred priest his hair encircled with a snowy band straight knew him and the god the god exclaimed all present him with hearts and tongues adore o glorious deity may thou thus seen propitious be thy worshippers protect who keep thy rights all present to the god adoring bend and all his words repeat and rome's ambassadors with fervour join in mind and voice to these the god consents and his crest moving certain signs affords thrice hissing thrice he shakes his forked tongue then down the shining steps he glides his head retorted as he thence departs he views his ancient altars and a last salute his wonted seat his long-owned temple gives thence rolls he huge along the ground bestrewed with scattered flowers in curving folds entwined and through the city's centre takes his way to where the bending mole the port defends here rested he and to dismiss appeared his followers and the kind attending crowd with gracious looks then in the osonian ship he placed his length a deity's huge weight the ship confessed the keel beneath the load bent glad aeneas's offspring felt and loosed a bull first sacrificed upon the shore the cables which their crowded galley bound light airs impelled the vessel high aloft the god appeared upon the curving poop rested his neck and viewed the azure waves by zephyrs wafted o'er the ionian sea they reached italia when the sixth time rose aurora past silesia and the fane of juno on Licinia's noted shore chapigia left and shunned amphissia's rocks with larboard oars 
and coasting on the right Ceronia and Romachium passed, and passed Nerissia and Colonia, they, the risks of sea and of Polaris's narrow straits surmounted, passed the Aeolian monarch's isles, metallic Themesus, Lucasius' land, and warm and rosy Pistus. Thence they coast along Capria and Minerva's cape, and passed Sorrentum, rich in generous wine the town of hercules parthenope built for soft ease with stabia and from thence past the Chimean sibyl's sacred dome hence by linternum with the mastich rich and boiling fountains are they born and past vulturnus sucking sand within the gulf and sinuessa filled with milk-white doves marshy minterni with cajeta raised by him she nursed antiphates's abode trachus by fens encompassed Circe's land and Antium's solid shore. Here, when the crew had with the flying vessel reached, for now rough was the main, the god his folds untwines, glides on in frequent coils and spires immense, entering a temple of his sire that stood close by the yellow beach. The ocean calmed, the Epidorian god his father's fane now leaves, the deity to him close joined, thus hospitable found, the sandy shore ploughs in a furrow with his rattling scales then in the steersman confident he rests on the high poop his head till they approach lavinium's city and her sacred seat and tiber's mouth the people rush in heaps and crowds of matrons and of fathers rush confusedly hither even the vestal maids who guard the sacred fire and all salute the god with joyful clamour then where'er the rapid vessel cleaves the posing stream the incense crackles on the banks and raised are lines of altars thick on either shore the smoke perfumes the air the victims bleed in heaps and warm the sacrificial knife the roman city now the world's great head they entered up erect the serpent rose from the mast's loftiest summit towered his neck and round he looked to choose a fit abode the waves circumfluent in two equal streams divide the isle has thence its name the arms on either side are stretched land in the midst hither the escalapian snake himself betook departing from the latian ship resumed his form celestial and their griefs dispersing came health-bearer to the land a foreign power he in our temples stands but caesar in his native town a god is worshipped in the forum and the field famed equal yet not his well-finished wars his triumphs nor the deeds in peace performed so justly changed him to an heavenly shape a blazing star as did the sun he left for no achievement caesar e'er performed can with the boast to be augustus's sire compare far greater this than to subdue the sea-girt britons his victorious fleets to seven-mouthed nile to lead to bring the realms sinaiphian juba ruled neath rome's control rebel numidia and puffed high in pride with mithridates's glory pontus's land rich triumphs to have gained and triumphs more to merit as a man so great produce to whose presiding care o bounteous gods mankind ye gave and them completely blessed and lest he seem from mortal seed to spring his sire must mount to heaven in form a god this the bright mother of aeneas saw and for the priest beheld a mournful fate prepared and moving saw the arms conspired she trembled and to every god she met addressed her lo what deep and potent plots against me they prepare see with what art his life is sought who soul to me is left of my eulus why must i alone be harassed still with never-ceasing cares whom now Tydides' Calydonian spear wounds, now the walls of ill-protected Troy lie prostrate, whom my darling son behold driven to long wanderings, on the ocean tossed, 
entering the silent mansions of the dead waging fierce war with turnus or if truth i speak with juno rather yet why now record i former sufferings in my sons terror prevents all memory of the past see where at me their impious swords they point oh i conjure you stay them and prevent the horrid deed lest spilt the high priest's blood the fires of vesta be for ever dark with words like these did troubled venus move each power of heaven in vain yet all were touched and though the stern decrees of rigid fate to break unable tokens plain they gave that some immense calamity was nigh they tell that clashing arms mid the black clouds and dreadful horns and trumpets in the heavens sounded to warn us of the impious deed full of solicitude the earth beheld the pale wan image of sad phoebus's face torches were often seen mid heaven to glare and from the clouds oft gory drops were shed blue lucifer a dusky hue o'ercast and luna's car was sprinkled o'er with blood the infernal owl in numerous places shrieked a direful omen in a thousand fanes the ivory statues wept the sacred groves re-echoed all with songs and threatening sounds no victim seemed appeasing tumults vast approaching showed the entrails and appeared the liver always with a wounded head around the domes and temples of the gods loud howled the midnight dogs the silent shades flitted along and tremblings shook the town yet could not these forebodings of the heavens crush the conspiracy or ward his fate and in the temple were the weapons drawn for but the senate house no spot could please the vile assassins for the bloody deed then cytherea smote her lovely breast in anguish and beneath an heavenly cloud sought to conceal him such a cloud as once from furious menelaus paris saved and snatched aeneas from tydides sword then thus her sire o daughter hast thou power the immutable decrees of fate to change to thee it is granted to inspect the dome of the three sisters there thou wilt behold the eternal tablets of events engraved on steel and brass a work of mighty toil safe they nor fear the clashing of the sky nor rage of thunder nor of ruin aught there wilt thou written find thy offspring's fate on ever during adamant myself have read it and record it in my mind and lest thou shouldst be to the future blind i will relate it he for whom thou toilst o cytherea has his time fulfilled the sum of years which to the earth he owed that he a deity in heaven may rise and be in temples worshipped is thy care and his successors who his name will take and on his shoulders bear the wide world's rule on him imposed he of his murdered sire valiant avenger shall in all his wars our favouring influence feel mutinous walls by him besieged in conquest shall confess his power and sue for peace pharsalia him shall feel and drenched in macedonian blood again philippi on Sicilia's seas his mighty name shall conquer egypt's queen falsely relying on the nuptial bond with rome's triumvir falls all vain her threats that tiber should subservient bend to nile why should i speak to thee of barbarous hordes nations which dwell at either sea's extreme whatever habitable earth contains will to his empire bend ocean will own his sway peace on the extended earth bestowed to civil studies will his breast be turned and laws most equitable will he frame by his example curb licentious souls and stretching forward to a future age his anxious care which their sons sons may feel his offspring nurtured in a pious womb at once his name and station will assume nor shall he touch the ethereal seats nor join his kindred stars till full like him in years meantime his soul snatched from the mangled course formed to a brilliant star a god divine that julius from his lofty seat may still our forum and our capital behold 
scarcely the sire had ceased when venus bright but unperceived by all stood in the midst of rome's assembled senate from the breast of her loved caesar took the recent soul nor let it waste in air up to the stars she bore it rapid as she swept along she saw it shine with light she saw it burn then from her bosom spring above the moon lofty it flies it shines a glittering star dragging a flaming tail's stupendous length viewing the glorious actions of his son candid he grants them mightier than his own and thus surpassed rejoices let him frown if to his parents deeds we his prefer yet fame quite free will such commands despise give him unwished for precedence and here and here alone he'll disobedience find so atreus yielded to the mighty fame of agamemnon theseus so surpassed aegeus and achilles peleus so nay more examples nearer to themselves if i should use saturn submits to jove jove rules the ethereal sky the triform world and all the earth beneath augustus lies each is the sire and ruler of his realm oh i implore ye gods who did attend aeneas who made fire and sword retreat ye native deities of latium's soil quirinus founder of the walls of rome mars of quirinus never conquered sire vesta held sacred amidst the caesar's gods domestic phoebus with chaste vesta placed and jove who guards the high tarpeian walls with all whom pious poets may invoke slow may that day arrive and older far than what our age may see when to the clouds his glorious head shall mount quitting this globe he rules so well and our beseeching prayers bending with condescending ear to grant now is my work complete which not jove's ire nor flame nor steel nor gnawing tooth of age shall e'er destroy come when it will that day which nothing save my mortal frame can touch which ends the being of a dubious life my better part unperishing shall mount above the loftiest stars eternal still shall be my name where'er rome's power extends o'er conquered earth my verses shall be read and if the presages by poets given be true to endless years my fame shall live Finis. end of section thirty end of metamorphoses by publius ovidius naso ovid translated by j j howard say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill